Welcome, Unibasin Sports and Swords. We're talking about the happenings going on in our uh, local high school programs, also other programs around the basin that might involve your children or high school age kids. I'm your host, Mark Winterton. Joining me today, Joe Frost. But before we get to him, I want to mention the sponsor of our show, which is the Levitt Group Insurance Agency, Vernal and Roosevelt, specializing in anything oil field related from roustabout construction to consultants, hot oil trucks to work over rigs, a lot of carriers to choose from. Give us a call today, 435-781-0000, or give me a call, 435-724-7773. Joe, tell us about this uh, this bull riding school of yours. Oh, shoot. We uh, The last couple of years, the Basin Junior Rodeo Association, I've had a few kids, parents contacted me and uh, wanted some help. Their kids were, were struggling. And so I got a handful of Holstein calves and, and we've always got bucking stock around, um, started helping those kids. And it was, it was a pretty small deal, but those kids started doing well at the rodeos and, and, uh, we had more people interested. And so this year, um, designer Minky company, Logan and Amber Jenkins actually, um, bought us some bucking shoots and, and back pins and, I went and got a bunch of pipe, and uh, we had some more pipe donated, and we built an arena right out my front door, and I wanted to host a bull riding school, and I'd done it several times during my career. I had three different schools. and never had more than eight students show up, and two of them were my brothers, <laughs> and so, but after the last couple of years helping these kids and being involved with the Junior Rodeo Association, I thought, you know, maybe I'd get 20 kids signed up. And we had over 90 kids come to three different two-day schools the last two weekends of May and the first weekend of June. So there was about 30 kids at, at each school. And we went through everything, their, their equipment and uh, shoot procedure and just the basics of riding. And then we bucked, we bucked livestock for hours on end, dang near dark both days, you know, um, I would imagine with 90 kids, are are these kids from just just local? No, so we had kids from as far away as Iowa, Michigan, um, Missouri, Texas, Oklahoma. You know, they came from they came from all over California. Um, it was it was way bigger than I'd anticipated. There were a lot of local kids too, um, and then after that, we've done a weekly practice every Tuesday. And there's been anywhere from 40 kids to 17 kids show up on Tuesdays, and and we start bucking at two o'clock in the afternoon, and we go till it's dark. How many how many livestock do you have to have to be able to to uh, I guess accommodate that many kids? A lot, <laughs> and they eat a lot. But uh, we've we've got um, I've got probably 60 some head there at my house that I'm feeding and that's the younger divisions. And then we've probably got eight or 10 big bulls that we're bucking in for the 14 to 18 year old kids. And then there's, I don't know, 60 or 70 cows that we come in that we buck for the, the beginning kids that are, that are older or the, the, the nine to 13 kids that are more advanced. Um, so it's, it takes a lot of livestock and, and that's a, you know, the reason I got to doing this is after I retired, you know, I, I 
felt I wanted to help the younger generation. And part of that, I was lucky growing up. I had a dad that, that competed in this sport professionally and knew how to prepare me to do that. And so, you know, I was, I was groomed for, for it. It was, it was no surprise when, when I was able to go and do this and do it for a living and, and be successful at it. And, and my brother's doing the same thing. Um, but I had a perfect opportunity. I, I was always getting on the right stock, um, at the, for the level that I was at. And I was able to dominate that step before I moved to the next step. Um, I, I describe it, it, it's like football. You don't take your, your eight or nine or 10 year old kid and put him on the field with the high school kids. It, 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 he'd get killed. He'd be done. Okay. Now bull riding whole different deal there's no ref there's no whistle that stops the play if you put your 10 11 year old kid on on something that they can't handle they're going to kill him you know okay let's put your kid against 10 linebackers and tell them linebackers you can kill him all of you gang up on him open the gate and and then nobody stops the action that's what bull riding is and I don't know what the misconception is why everybody ever you think oh just get on hang on you know, there's there's so many more things that go into it than that, and that's why you know there's there's 150,000 kids every year that in the United States that go get on bulls and calves and steers or whatever trying to to do this. How many of them make it? You know, there's there's 500 bull riders in the PRCA, the professional the professional level, and there's how many of them making a living? Ten. A few, you know, that, that, that can, and, and how many can ride over half of the bulls they get on four or five. Okay. Well, how are these kids learning where are they start? And that's the biggest problem that we have is there's the bull industry's gotten so big that you can go, you can go anywhere and someone will let you get on their bull, but they want to get trips on their bulls. Terrible place to learn. These bulls are are being groomed to to go on and compete professionally. That's what everybody wants, either in the PBR or or the PRCA or whatever that be. Or even you go to an amateur rodeo, Neola, Utah. That those are amateur bulls, and they most of them could buck at the professional level and fit right in. And so, anyways, that's that's been tough. And and then the mini bull deal going around, it looks great. Everybody thinks it's cool, but you know you're putting a a eight, nine, ten-year-old kid on a full-grown, physically mature animal. Even though he's got short legs, pound for pound, he's ever bit as strong as, as Bodacious or Bushwhacker or Red Rocker. In, in, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a full-grown animal, and those kids can't handle that power. You know, they, they need to be on an animal that is at the same maturity and, and power level as they are. So they can actually learn to do what they need to do so that when they get physically mature, they can have the technique and the skills acquired to ride that bull. They can't, they can't I guess, keep up with the speed. The, the power and more power. so. You know, some of them mini bulls, are, are, they're slow. They may be slow, but it's the amount of power. Everything they do packs a bigger punch, mm. you know. I, I, I tell people, okay, there's a dad and a son there. Okay, let's take a pound of your muscle and a pound of his muscle. Which one has more power? By far, yours does. 
you know, by the time them kids are 12, 13, 14, all of a sudden they start, they hit puberty and they start getting that mature strength. You know, a lot of times I remember in high school, you know, as a freshman, I could bench press 150 pounds or something. Well, I don't lift no weights over the summer, but I come back and, and right out the gate, my max is 175. Well, that's mature strength that that happens they, they, they talk they call it old man strength right? exactly that that's exactly what it is and and so and and that's that's what's hard for me seeing you know i i was i was lucky i had a dad that that and, and we had live on a ranch had an arena out the back door um we well, your had, dad was my your dad was my assistant wrestling coach yep, through high school. I, I knew that, and uh, and that was exactly what it was because we'd wrestle him, and and he was smaller than us. But boy, yeah, but he definitely had, had the that, old man strength that on us. Mature strength makes a difference, and so anyway, I I had a perfect opportunity to do this, and we had access to the livestock, we had the arena, and you know, build an arena in your backyard, go buy the livestock, feed the livestock. Okay, now your kid can ride those. We got to sell those and go buy more livestock. And one died, so you lost money. You know, it's it's extremely expensive. And so what I wanted to do was was create a basically a training ground for. Okay, bring your kid, pay me a fee. I'll feed the livestock. I'll take care of all of that, and you just show up on Tuesday and learn how to ride bulls. That's and a huge operation. It's it it's became almost almost a full-time job you know just just keeping the arena um we buck shoot if there's 40 kids show up and each of them gets on five you know we're 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 liable to buck 200 250 head of stock every tuesday and it's it's been a it's been a big deal but the thing that's been so rewarding for me is you know at, at vernal at one of the junior rodeos there was 19 kids entered and 14 of the 19 kids made the whistle. And and the majority of those kids have been coming to practice every Tuesday. And that's that's what's rewarding for me because three years ago when I went to the first one, they were lucky to get anyone to make the whistle in any of the three, four divisions that they had. And, and now all of a sudden we're seeing these kids having some success. Well, now okay, these kids are 9, 10, 11 years old. By the time they're, you know, go, go watch an amateur rodeo or a high school rodeo. They don't ride very many. Well, these kids, when they get there, they're going to have had six, seven, eight years of practice winning. They're going to practice staying on. You don't learn nothing by hitting the ground. You learn how to find a safer spot next time is, is what happens to them. <laughs> and... If, if they consistently are making the whistle and, and getting better, well, and we can move them up as they need moved up. And by the time they're f- a freshman in high school, they're competitive. They're, they're going to high school rodeos, and, and they're going to go to the national high school finals. You know, that's, that's my goal is in five or six years, you know, we have kids that are talented enough that, that – there ought to be three or four of the four kids from Utah going to the national high school finals that have came through our program. What ages do you accept? Where do you start? We start out with with five and under kids. Um, this is the first year they've done. They've had sheep riding the last few years, and sheep riding, you know, it's it's fun and and 
and it's a great way to torture your kid. But uh, we, I put them on three, four hundred pound Holstein calves that that walk or trot down the arena, and so they can sit up and and ride exactly how they're going to have to ride next year, the year after when they're six on the the next level of Holstein calves that are going to, you know, they're going to jump a little bit, but but it's still something that that they can ride and learn on, and so we go zero to five. Most of the kids are probably four or five. Um, and then after that, we go six to eight. And then um, we go the nine to 13. And there's two divisions in that. So because that nine to 13, that's five years. And a nine-year-old is way different than a 13-year-old. Um, you know, and, and also then you have some 13-year-olds that it's their very first time. So we put they can be in the junior division. They can kind of choose. You know, it's kind of on the honor system. But um, whether they're skilled enough or not, you yeah jump them up. Yep. And it's I don't know. I'm I'm really excited about it. Especially this is our first year, and the amount of success we've had. I'm and and nobody becomes a bull rider overnight. It's a it's a it's a process. It's a journey that you you start out on. Well, how old were you when you started on? I was six or seven, and maybe maybe we should ask you about the what what kind of liability uh, waivers do you have in place? <laughs> oh, we the, we actually we have an insurance deal through the Basin Junior Rodeo Association, and then um, I've got it posted there right at your own risk. Um, how, how many injuries have you had sustained in your life? You know, I'm I'm sure that's something you you try to prepare these kids. Hey. These are ways you can get hurt. Well, and and the biggest thing, okay, bull riding, and this is what my dad always told me, bull riding is safe. Safest thing you could do in the world, bull riding. Those words exactly, bull riding. Okay, no one ever got hurt just riding a bull. Falling off or getting bucked off is the most dangerous thing you can do in the world. You know, it it is. Um, No one ever got hurt riding. And so, and you look at the guys that are the healthiest, that that last the longest they're the guys that ride the best and they get off and take care of themselves and we start these four and five year old kids um we don't pick them up and set them off they learn how to make the ride and do their get off and and get away at at five years old they're they're working on all of those things they're working on being in the right position in the shoot being able to take care of themselves where where you can minimize the risk you're never going to completely get rid of it but the more control you have of your body the more self-awareness you have and the better you can read an animal the more you can take care of yourself and the less likely you're going to be to be injured but even at that you you're still going to deal with some injuries but they're going to be you can minimize them it, and now did was it injuries that led to your retirement yeah so i had i actually um Blood clots is what, um, what was what done it. But I had had them three times throughout my my career. Started in high school, you know, and just getting stepped on, bad bruise, um, deep vein thrombosis, I think is what they call it. But um, I had it in 2008 again in 16, and then the last time I had just broke my leg and, and the lack of moving around and, and blood flow that whole leg clotted up on me. And, um, but you know, and them are deals that that stuff happens, 
whether whether you're you know and i was at the last the last two times you know i was doing this for a living and and you know there's guys that that do this and do it at the top level to get killed it's extremely dangerous and and that and i'm really i'm really hard on those kids about the the safety measures that we take the the way you take care of yourself in the shoot the way you get off even after the worst thing you can do is make a good ride and get off poorly when you had control of the situation to just you know whistleblowed and just fall off well if you have experienced it you can pass that knowledge on to them yep and and it's it's great to see i mean i've got there's a kid that's he's eight years old in the the junior calf ride and he started coming when he was six and so this is he's he's came for three full summers once a week and practiced and he's he's riding these holstein calves you know like it's it's easy for him you know and he's getting off well um He's and and it's just because he he came at six years old and he came faithfully every week and he's he's gonna follow the process all the way up and it's a you know a perfect example of why it works it's not a it, it ain't a come down I give you one tip I've had some older kids come that that is like they wanted they wanted a tip or a trick that was gonna fix their career for them and make them go win a million dollars next year. It don't work like that. It's a it's a process that you build on step by step, week in and week out for years. Do you have some local kids that are looking to be phenomenal in the in I guess in the nation in the world? We do. We we've got kids that that have the that have the potential, you know. And there's there's a lot that can happen. I mean, they're they're eight, nine, ten, eleven years old. You know that they've got a long road to hoe to get to that point, but they have the ability if they'll put the work in and 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 keep keep doing what they're doing and and stay on the program. They'll they'll have you know they have as good an opportunity to do it as anybody does. Okay, so you've got uh, a big um, I guess event coming up. Why don't you talk about that? Okay, so we've you know we've been practicing all summer we've had the schools done that and and we've had three jackpots we've done a series there at my house um they've been on on three saturdays or past here in the summer we've got one more this is our final event it's on september 3rd um there's several races that are going to be pretty good there the win the winner of the series gets a belt buckle and the kids are pretty excited but um it's it's a two go round deal um so they ride twice they ride twice and and if there's over 10 kids entered it'll be a short round it'll just be the top six that come back but um they'll get to ride two times and and then those points carry towards the the standings and there'll be there'll be five kids walk away with a belt buckle in each division from there um is this something people can come and 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 it is yep we and and you can you can come there. It's at one o'clock on Saturday the third. Uh, we've got grandstands. Um, they've been plumb full at every one of them. Is there so a quick quick explanation how to get to your place? Um, go to go to thirteen thousand five hundred east, and it's in Randallat. Turn south on the gravel road. We got signs posted. Um, okay. Drive one point one miles, <laughs> and you run into the arena. Not too difficult to find. No, it's, it's out it, in Randallat. Yep. Yep, it's not too bad. Um, bring a lawn chair, umbrellas if it's going to be hot or rain. 
Um, but it should be good. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. These kids have worked all summer, and, and like I say, there's, there's three or four of the races that are undecided for, for our series and for the Basin Junior Rodeo Series, and a lot can happen. They've, they've got uh, three, three more head to get on. And so, um, and the points available at my event, there's 30 points available there and 10 points available at the top 10 finals. So what they do Saturday is actually going to be pretty important to who wins the Basin Junior Rodeo Series as well. And uh, we're, we're going to bring, we're also going to have a bonus, bonus round for the top two at, at this one. We haven't done that at the last three, but where it's our finals, we're going to let the top two do a, do a bonus side pot and we'll run in. Basically, it should be the, the best two kids in each division and we'll run in two head of stock for, for first and second that are basically what they'll be riding next year when they move up. So it'll, it'll be kind of a little tester for them. Um, but I think they're, I think the kids that are going to win it, I think they'll, they should handle it well and should see some, some big rides out of them. Now you're basing your school off of, I, I guess the teaching and then also these little jackpot things. Uh, are you basing them off of past experience, things maybe you've gone through? Yep, this is, I mean, this is, I'm, I've, I've designed this on a scale of what, what I did and what my brother's done and what the, the Sage Kimsey and the guys that are doing this and, and Stetson Wright, the guys that are doing this for a living and doing it well, I've based it off of what got them to the point that they're at. You know, I mean, it's, it may not be what grandpa did or it may not be what, what dad did, but if it didn't work, you know, that's always been my theory is if I'm not winning, what is the guy that is winning? What are they doing? How did they get there? And I think that's a great way to look at it because it's, it's pretty consistent. You talk to the top 15 guys at the NFR and ask them what, they, what their learning experience was like, and, and I'll bet you 14 of the 15 could tell you it was very similar to what we're doing. And, and that's, um, that's, you know, you got to do what works. And if you're, if you're not riding three or four out of five head, what you're getting on probably isn't what you need to be getting on. And so that, that's, that's my deal is I, I want to give these kids the, the same, as close to the same opportunity that I had that I can. Um, quick question. This is a more of a, how should I put it? It's a question of which I'm gonna let's go let's go let's include dad on this one. So you've got you and your two brothers that all road bulls and then also your dad. In your prime, who's the best? Me. <laughs> I knew you, I, I knew you'd answer it that way. You know, I, I will say uh, you know, Jake hasn't hit his prime. Um is Jake still riding? He is. You know, he got in that car wreck last fall, and he's just about – he's got three more weeks. They had to put some new teeth in, um, and they want them to heal up for three or four more weeks, and then he'll be back to riding. Um, and and I, you know, in the next year or two, he'll, he'll be at the NFR. Um, but Jay, he, he just hasn't quite – he hasn't – he's through injuries and stuff. He hasn't got to go yet, really. But Josh right now is um, – He's he's 
in his in his prime you know he's he's riding ever bit as good as what what i did in my prime but i i think i could still whip him <laughs> <laughs> but but that's just i i don't know how else to think <laughs> who's gotten the best score out of all of you uh josh i believe has what was what was that? I think I think his high scored like ninety three or ninety two and a half or something. I was thinking your dad got a ninety six or something like that at the days of forty seven rodeo. I would, I don't think so, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't don't know that I've ever asked him. Oh. But you know, I mean it. But uh, but you know, my dad. I think for him, what he did. You know, he he took over the ranch when he was in college, and and he didn't get to go. He didn't get to go and compete and do this like he provided us the opportunity to do. And you know, we wouldn't. None of us would be anything without what he's done for us. Has being family to the great Lane Frost attributed to any of your success in the rodeo circuit? Do you feel? Well, I I don't. I mean, there's. In amateur rodeo, there may be handouts, but in pro rodeo, you're nobody till you make yourself somebody. Um, but I will say, you know, the connections, it's it's made when you show up, oh, Frost, it must be related to Lane. So people want to talk to you. People are, are curious. But as far as, as far as I don't think being related to Lane really had anything to do with our success other than maybe just the expectation the of, mindset of of well we're supposed to be good but you know we, it's more the amount of hours that we put into practice and the fact of the opportunity that my dad provided for us to I mean our, our arena was literally 15 steps out the back door and that's where we spent every night all summer long getting on bucking calves rope and breakaway tie down row you know we steer wrestling we and we competed in in all of the events and bull riding being kind of our main focus but all of those other events we did help prepare us to compete better in the bull riding i I think um but yeah it's 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 the amount of hours put in in the practice pen and and developing our craft that got us there more than anything but you know that's it it is a kind of a family tradition, even back to to my granddad Joe and and my uncle Clyde. You know, Uncle Clyde went to, he went to five NFRs in the bronc riding and bareback riding, and and he was at the first NFR, the only cowboy from the state of Utah there in Dallas in 1959. And you know that that's something that's always meant something to me is is the generational thing of carrying that on. Um, and and it'll be exciting to see what what all of our kids do, you know. There's a frost culture. Yeah. I mean, I you know, people ask me, Well, why did you get into bull riding? Well, I didn't know there was anything else you did when you grew up. <laughs> I didn't and it wasn't that I wasn't given other choices, but I wasn't interested in them. You know, this is all that I ever wanted to do. Every game we played as kids was was riding bulls. And and that's just all I ever seen myself do. You know, I remember when it was time to, when I was a senior in high school, we were looking at colleges and boy, I had no idea what I wanted to study. That says what, so what are you going to study at college? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to ride bulls. I'm going to ride bulls, you know, and, and I was, and I liked school and, 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 and Josh did too. And so, and, and we done well at college and, and graduate, both graduated with bachelor's degrees and stuff. But, 
you know, it wasn't something that I had thought about. You know, it was it was the backup plan. Bull, bull riding was the plan, and the education was the backup plan. And then I'm grateful that I've got it now because not that I've ever had to go apply for a job, um, but I learned a lot in the business class and stuff to to where I can can make a living with the things that I learned. If you had a do-over anywhere in this process, this career, uh, what would it be? You know, I, I the, the only thing that I, I can say as far as a regret is that, that there was times that I didn't, I didn't truly believe in myself enough, you know, um, and I had every right to, but, you know, Josh is going through it right now, you know, to, to be the best in the world, you've got to actually see yourself as that guy. Um, as, as you, you've got to believe that you are that guy so that when those moments come up where you have the opportunity to be that guy, you can be that guy that, that rises to the occasion. And, 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 um, you know, I was top five in the world for five years in a row. And that was kind of just looking back on it. That was kind of the guy I seen myself as was, was kind of a contender versus where like Josh is getting now to the point where he truly believing that he's the best in the world and and i'm you know my eggs are in the josh frost basket to be the world champion this year i i would be more surprised if he isn't at at the end of the 10 days in vegas than than if he is well exciting i I mean i'm always cheering for josh or any of you guys that are writing so well it's it's gonna be fun he's there's for for josh there's what uh, one week left in August, and then they've got the month of September. There's a lot of money left on the line, and then he'll have a little break before the finals. But um, I'm really looking forward to, to where is he him. sitting right now? He's second in the world, and he's he's about forty some thousand behind Stetson Wright, which no, great another deal for Utah bull riders. We're right. one and two in the world, um, and I'm a big Stetson Wright fan. But you know, Josh is basically Houston behind him Stetson won the 50,000 at Houston and Josh is he's cut that down to 40 some thousand now and um like I say I'm 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 cheering for Josh but uh well of course it's it's <laughs> it's great to see the one and two in the world right now is Utah bull riders oh it's great representation anything you want to add before we um like I say we've got the event on the third come out and see it it's 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 been great for these kids and they're they're pretty competitive and and then after that if you come to vernal for the top 10 finals for the basin junior rodeo association um there you will have all the events there all the age divisions boys and girls and uh and that's going to be monday monday labor day yep september 5th okay all right thanks josh yep thank you josh frost with uh what do you call your what's your all right i know we were just talking about josh but it's joe i meant that i knew you did joe joe frost with the uh, what is your school joe called? frost bull riding connection bull riding connection wow joe frost yeah, i'm sorry joe at, at, <laughs> at the the dmc arena designer minky company okay there it is this is uh, Unibasin Sports and Swords, again, brought to you by Levitt Group Insurance Agency, Vernal Roosevelt. Give us a call today, 781 0000.
Did I put enough zeros in there? Or call me, 435-724-7773.